Hello, summoners, and welcome to another episode of Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. I am here with the one, the only. I'm, I'm hearing a drum roll over there. Ilyalador. Guys, this is my first episode that I have ever gotten to record with him. I am super excited. I just... Okay, I'm going to stop talking so he can talk now. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. Um, he did all the work for this episode. It really is his. I'm just excited to finally record with someone else because all these other guys have been recording with each other, having a, a grand old time, and I have been just waiting for my chance. And now it's finally my turn, so I am really happy to be here. So today... We have got a legendary trailer. This is legendary corn, guys. That's right. We got corns within three months of each other. Many corns. We're getting lots of corn. It feels like a pastime in Fae where we were just getting lots of Fates heroes all the time, and everyone was mad, and every trailer video had a bigger dislike ratio than I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you can you do two corn emblems now? Is that a thing? I I can't believe that you can't. <laughs> I refuse to believe that, that is not possible. <laughs> so yeah, this is um, legendary female corn. This is the first time we've had a wind hero introduced into the game since legendary Elliewood over a year ago. Uh, that was back in June of 2019 that we got that. So that was a very long time. They've also been neglecting legendary dragons quite a bit. I mean, legendary Tiki was September 2018, and that was the last legendary dragon we had. Yeah, we haven't had a legendary colorless dragon since the really bad one that we pretend doesn't exist. Because <laughs> we don't like it. Was that a legendary hero? I, I don't remember that one. <laughs> uh, so, um, as a little bit of an aside, uh, before right before the trailer dropped, we made our final predictions, and I was expecting... Um, one of the I was I was expecting like either like Alincia or one of the Fates Royals. I was thinking, you know, we haven't had anyone um, from Fates in a very long time. The last Fates Royal we had was Azura, and even she's you know getting older at this point. So I was thinking it was about time for another Fates Royal. And Joel, what were you uh, what were you wanting? What were you not wanting? <laughs> uh, I said. Anything but a colorless dragon yeah, stone. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, the fakes were not nice to Joel this time. <laughs> Summoners, I continue to guess against Ilya. I'm just, I'm wrong so much now that I think I've given up and just whatever he guesses, I'm going to go with it. Uh, that will lead you astray, but uh, it's flattering. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, we have Legendary Corrin. She's a colorless uh, Dragonstone unit, Wind Hero. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about her unique skills that she brings. So first up, we've got Primordial Breath. And this has a lot of effects to it. This, this Dragonstone is stacked. So you've got the Slaying effect for cooldown charge minus one. You've got the Breath effect so that any time a, a foe attacks you, that's plus two to your cooldown charge. And then plus five Omni buff in the enemy phase, or if the foe is a hundred percent. That is a lot of things, and it makes the charging of this very, very unique special quick. Mm -hmm. Ilya, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So negating Fang is the other personal skill that comes on Legendary Corin, and it has two effects that it brings to the table. The first one is a flat thirty percent damage reduction. 
um, when the foe hits, because this is really, at its core, a defensive special. Uh, at least that's how the game looks at it, because it's triggered by the attack of a foe. And so um, the foe's attack that triggers it will get reduced by 30% damage. Um, in addition to that, the next attack that Corrin performs after negating Fang triggers will be boosted by 30% of her total attack. So this is like if... Um, I th how did I explain it again? I feel like if Sacred Cowl and Aegis and, and Pavis and Escutcheon all got together and tried to come up with one skill to you know, define them all, and then they just mixed it with Glimmer, that's this. Maybe it's like a Frankenstein. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Cut a piece of each one of them off and I don't know sew what them it is, together. It, it'll be pretty fun. And combined with Primordial Breath, because Primordial Breath obviously has a slang effect built in, um, so this goes from being a three-turn cooldown special to a two-turn cooldown. Um, and then Shield Pulse in the B slot, uh, this will be ready to go after every round of combat after the first time, because uh, just Shield Pulse will always keep it ready to fire off. And it, this only time it doesn't is like the very first player phase attack that she does. It won't be ready. Um, also, just because I was thinking it, in addition to having the 30% damage reduction, thanks to Shield Pulse in her base kit, uh, that's also another 5 damage just taken off the top. So <laughs> this isn't just like we're Special Spiral. This is um, Special Spiral except it works better for negating thing because it also helps you take even less damage. Um, I think this is better than Ice Mirror, personally. At least not... Eh, let me say that. I just, I like the way that this functions better. Because Ice Mirror, um, it reduces the damage you take, but the damage that you, um, the, the increased damage you deal with your next hit is proportional based on how much you um, reduced the initial hit. You know, like... A weaker hit won't really help you very much with Ice Mirror. You really had to be reliant on either taking a lot of damage from a stronger hit, um, or being able to outright kill with Fjorm, because otherwise Ice Mirror wouldn't actually help you that much. But this is really cool because unlike Ice Mirror, which scales off of the opponent's damage, this uh, scales off of Corrin's own attack stat, which is constant and it's predictable, and that's really nice, I think. And it's going to be monstrous. I, I've heard some people doing some calculations, and they're thinking, like, base attack is going to be around 42. Oh, gosh. So, That's disgusting. That's, yeah. I, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard the commentary on this, that this is basically power crept Fjorm? I have not, but I believe it. So, and... You think about what Fjorm does and the way she's supposed to function, and that's that's a lot of the same way that female corn is here. The, what really drove it home, though, so, I mean, I, I think negating Fang is a power crept ice mirror. What cracked me up, joint drive attack yes. versus drive attack. I know. I was just, <laughs> you said um, power crept Fjorm, and I was like, that's funny. Um, like, Leapter has distant counter built in, and Primordial Breath, like, the one effect it doesn't have that you might want is distant counter. But that's in her ace slot anyway. Um, and where, like, Fjorm has to have an ally adjacent to her to get attack defense bond to go. She, um, Female Corrin has, an, like, a plus five Omni buff to all her stats, and all she has to have happen is be defending. 
and then just joint drive attack. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's um I hadn't noticed that. It was pretty funny. This unit is really tailor made for arena. Like you're you're probably not going to want to use this unit in Aetherades just for the fact that she doesn't have any sort of healing special. But that's okay cuz generally your legendaries don't work all that well in in arena anyway. Um other in than Aetherades. I mean we definitely have uh, sorry, in Aetherades. Uh other than her being dragon and definitely going up against dragon effective weapons, she's going to be a pretty solid unit, though. Mm hmm. Definitely true. I, I agree. There's going to be some seasons where she struggles more just due to uh, legendaries being, you know, tailor made to fight dragons. Certain ones will. And so they'll be a little more common in those seasons um, because they'll be, you know, especially good. I'm thinking, like, you know, during. Legendary Julia <laughs> could certainly be a problem for her. So I've I have gone wildly back and forth on whether I like this hero or not, and I I have settled on I think this is a solid hero. I mean we don't this isn't broken, which I like. We don't have another you know legendary Crom here, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, when you get someone who's too good, it really messes with the meta, and it just. It just becomes really common and annoying to deal with. And I don't foresee female Corrin being that level of broken. I think that she's good and she's going to be competitive and she's going to really help win season out. But she isn't going to you know, become the new standard of what you build units to counter in Arena. All right, I'm going to throw this out here. The, region, the reason she is sneaky good is because... Almost no one has wind heroes. They're just completely ignored. And so if you're looking for arena score, you could dominate in the, the wind stretches that they have now. <laughs> yeah, if you um, are willing to put in the work to make female Corrin really good and score well and then build a team around her, there aren't going to be a lot of people who have already pre-built wind teams to counter that. I definitely agree. I think that's a interesting point. She's not great game breaking. She's solid. I and we're doing this right before they do they do the stats. She's probably going to be between 180 and 185, so I think she'll have trainee BST. So I think she'll score really well. Mhm. Yeah. You should have seen Joel last night going back and forth and whether or not he liked her in chat. That was funny. <laughs> Like every few minutes, he would change his stance or throw in another point. It was it was a good show to watch. I looked a little bipolar. Just a little bit. That's okay. So I uh, think that covers the new unit pretty well. Yeah, let's talk about the red heroes. Which guys, this one was a huge surprise for me. They they skipped over several units and went right to Fallen Ike. That's yeah. Fallen Ike is good. Like Fallen Ike is really good, and that's it. I don't like this because red would have been a pretty easy skip color. <laughs> um, but just Fallen Ike being here at eight percent, obviously with color sharing, but still, that's that's a little bit tempting because he is a very good hero. Even at plus zero, like out of the box, this is a good hero. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're looking for functionality, these other two units are from 2018, and that's Legendary Erica and Legendary Hrid. Their kits are pretty old. Most of their skills are outdated. Um, if, they're, if they're your merge projects, I mean, you can still do some really cool things. I've seen some Gale Force uh, defensive strats in AR that use either of these guys, and they are tough. Mm -hmm. But but they're not premier units. Exactly. I've seen a lot of um, pretty tough Erica's. I haven't seen too many Herids, but I've seen a lot of really highly merged Erica's that caught me by surprise in Ether raids. Um, the, obviously, the highlight of these two is distant counter on Hrid, uh, as far as fodder goes. But Ike definitely throws um, he throws a bit of a wrench in the bag because he himself is a lot better. And he's got great fodder. At darting breath, repel three, even attack speed O three is pretty decent. Now, if you're gonna pick a single oath to have, it's a pretty good oath. Oh yeah. If it's me. I'm not summoning red, but I'm really tempted. Uh, for me, I feel like red is kind of like a safe color, just because, like, at worst, I'm getting Legendary Erica, which is, you know, a, it's still a serviceable hero. Um, attack speed solo isn't bad fodder by any means. Um, and at best, I could get Chaos Ragnall, <laughs> Fallen Ike with Repel 3 fodder. It's It certainly is, yeah. you know... It's a mixed bag. I'm not going to go for red on this one just because there are very clearly better options, but I can see what people would want to uh, chance it because you're either going to get, you know, Erica or Distant Counterfighter or everything that Ike has. So let's talk about the blue heroes, and this fell out exactly like I thought it was going to with Nils in that, that free spot there. So you've got Nils, you've got Naga, and you've got Legendary Julia. And these are all good heroes. Nils is cool because he is the uh, he was the first hero to come with uh, the skill play, which obviously is a premier refreshing skill. <laughs> I can't even make I can't even make that joke because like there are actually better refreshing skills on mythic heroes. You talk about Nils and all I hear is blah 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 even pulse tie even pulse tie yep. <laughs> what you telling me that you're not excited for that HP defense two fodder? <laughs> I'm sorry, all I heard was even pulse tactics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of this B skill. Um, I, I wish I had the orbs to summon on here just to get fodder for that, because there's a few support units that I have that could really benefit from that. My my team in uh, Ether Raids would be elevated. Alas, I do not have the orbs for this, this color in particular. But... Uh, so, I mean, all dancers are good. Yeah. I've, I've never met a dancer I didn't yeah, like. You, even, like, the most basic year one dancers, they still have the ability to dance. And given positioning and strategizing, that can be an extra turn or two for a Gale Force unit. And that's, that's, no, that's nothing to sniff at. And on top of that, he has some really cool effects in his weapon that, that debuff enemies within four spaces by a minus four omnibuff. That's nice. That is very nice. Naga. So, guys, I am a Naga fan. But even then, I have to admit that in the realm of offensive mythics, she's definitely on the lower end. There are a lot of very good offensive mythics. She's primarily a, a good support mythic, I think. Um, 
Divine Breath and Divine Fang are both interesting skills to say the least, but uh, she isn't necessarily going to be <laughs> your best unit, but you know, it's Astra season. You take what you can get. Then we get to Julia, and anytime I see Julia in Arena, my, my heart sinks. I Have you run into the speed Julia yet? I might have. And I definitely wouldn't have been. I don't. I don't remember for sure. Um, so it clearly didn't scar me as much as you, but it's. <laughs> I'm sure it's fearsome, because you get a unit who's designed to be, um, an absolute nuke. You know, at least designed to be very you know offensively oriented, very heavy hitting, and then you make them fast. That that sounds really scary. So go ahead and tell me your war stories. <laughs> she just she makes me want to throw my shoe. That's all. It's it's this whole light and dark thing. So you've you've got this hero that you you have done all the calcs for, and then you go and buff them, and you're like, all right, she's gonna die because this is physical damage, and I've got enough speed. Oh, but no, because I forgot all of my buffs are worthless against Julia. Getting a Brennan on preview. Anyway, yeah, so Julia has Mirror Impact, which is definitely a, a, a skill you might want to summon her for. And Attack Res Oath, which these Oath skills are okay. Um, I don't I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say, I want to summon Legendary Julia just for Attack Res Oath. Except maybe Gaia. Gaia might. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, this is decent fodder. These are all solid units. Uh, I, I think all of these units could help your team. Yeah, that's that's really all I've got to say. Blue is certainly the second strongest color on this banner. Definitely. So let's talk about the green heroes. And <sighs> green didn't fare so well. Um, we've got Gunthra from 2017. Whenever you hear 2017 on a hero like this, you know it's it's about time. <laughs> Look at her kit. For a skill, she has Fortress Res 3. <laughs> <laughs> Res Ploy, Fortress Res 3, Glacies. Yeah, I'm, feel I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, to her credit, um, <laughs> to her credit, she does have Chilling Seal, which has really good synergy with Blizzard, but even then, that's... It's listed here, her max score is 742. That's pitiful. Yeah. She, she can't even be used in Arena, even though that's what she's supposed to be for. Mm -hmm. 742 is the lowest... Uh, out of all of these, and that is including Nils, who's a dancer. Sorry, a bard. Oh my god. I I think she's the lowest scoring legendary hero well, there she, is. Yeah, she's a, she's a ranged cavalry mage <laughs> from 2017, and I would, I would say that's a pretty safe bet. So, we get to Hector, and he's from 2018. This is still a good unit, though. I, I have emerged up Hector... I use them. I get a lot of good value out of this. But I, if I may, I don't know that I'm summoning for him today. No. He's just, yeah, he's he's old. Not so soon <laughs> after getting, you know, Edelgard. I'm sorry, you said Edelgards? <laughs> yeah, all of them. That <laughs> We have three axe-armored um, people who are that same person. And they are all better than Hector. Well, two axe armors and one axe infantry, but you know who's cutting hairs here. I, I was referring to the 
heroic grails unit. Oh, oh, you're in the spoilers. What spoiler? <laughs> no, not spoiler. Uh, no. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All right, let's talk about Rinka. Um, she's Rinka. She's she's okay. Uh, the, the problem is there are a lot of very good free-to-play, three-to-four-star axe heroes in the game right now, and Rinka's... She's, she's a pretty difficult to obtain, um, you know, five-star exclusive one, and she doesn't have that much about her that is significantly better than the, the easier-to-build options. And Rinka's club is not bad. It just, it would take so much investment to make her good that I would, I'd probably stick with Ross or, um... Ross. Oh, man, I just went blank. Ross. Just stick with Ross. <laughs> you don't you don't believe in the existence of Echidna? <laughs> Echidna's good and all, but, but Ross is his father's son, which is, I think it's a, I think it's a profound statement. It's, it's very deep. Very deep, yes. <laughs> um, as far as roles, my favorite build for Hector is definitely the bold fighter build. I recently took distant counter off of him, which I know is sacrilege, but bold fighter death blow four just was too tempting. Um, Rinka AR tank, uh, you can do a lot of good with her. I have seen Gunthra on AR defense, and she performs well, but again, it's, it's not a unit that you're purposely going to be summoning for. Just no. know that if you do get her, it's not a, a, a complete waste. I also like to point out briefly that um, on our graphic here, um, Joel did not even flag Rinka's distant foil as interesting fodder. <laughs> because I agree, it is just worse distant counter, so why would you be excited for it? It's so bad. It's distant counter that helps you against bows and daggers, but not like any sort of magical damage, which is pretty terrible when you consider that most um, ranged threats are targeting your resistance. I am waiting for some kind of showcase on YouTube to demonstrate that Distant Foil is the best skill ever, and then I'll just, all of my world views and my life will come crumbling down. I'll have to go delete my episode about how it isn't just a power crypt uh, distant counter, how it's worse. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we just delete episodes when we feel like they've they've gone astray? Whenever I want. <laughs> I don't do it, but like, I certainly could. I have been tempted before, but I had not done it. All right, let's let's get to the premier color, and this is this is as stacked as you can get for a color. Colorless is amazing. Mm -hmm. We've already talked about legendary Corin, and then we get to Bramamond. <laughs> Is Bramamond the best defensive mythic? In my in my humble opinion, yes. I mean, you, you probably have to put him and Mirabilis in one of those two, just because having a dancer is so amazing. But for me, it's probably Bramamond. I, I think just, he, he does such interesting things. All the 1v1 um, Final Destination, Bramamond only things make me laugh. Because of impenetrable dark and who oh boy, everything about him is just like designed to be 
obnoxious to deal with. Like, he's colorless, which means he um, is only going to be taking uh, color disadvantage from Raven Tome units, and that's good. <laughs> um, attack, defense, push four, which, aside from being good fodder, is going to make it just more difficult for him to deal with because he'll have higher attack, he'll deal more damage, and he will also um, take less. And to that end, um, he also has lull attack res, which means him buffing his attack will hit your res harder because you can't buff your res, and him buffing his defense makes him more tanky because your attack can't go up. So uh, beyond having just good fodder in general with uh, lull uh, attack res and attack defense push four, He's just like, he's just designed to be difficult to deal with. <laughs> he just negates all your buffs. During his bonus season, I rage quit several times. It, he was driving me absolutely insane. I, I am glad that's over with. I think I remember that time. That was a dark time for you. <laughs> you were not happy that week. <sighs> I, prob I probably didn't message a lot on the board. It just <laughs> random grumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Bramamond. What was that interesting thing? Like, this is really off topic, but someone mentioned how Bramamond has, um, like, all the voice actors for the different Olympian uh, lords. And someone said he had Ray Chase because of um, that's the act voice actor for Roy. I'm going to assume I'm correct, and if I'm not right, don't fact check me. Um, but then someone pointed out how the Japanese voice actor isn't the one for Roy, it's the one for Alphonse, uh, which Ray Chase is also Alphonse. So it's kind of interesting to think about uh, Bramamond and Heroes. Partially, his personality is taken from Alphonse himself, which I think is kind of neat, you know? It just shows that Heroes is kind of taking this unit who really we don't know almost anything about in Fire Emblem in general, and they're really adapting him to fit the, the style of a Fire Emblem hero. That's pretty cool to me. That was a big tangent. It is, but I mean, it's it's one more reason why this hero is so neat. I, I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about Milla. And Milla, yes. This is the best support unit in all of Aether Raid's offense. This unit is incredible, and she's great. got great fodder. I mean, she is buffing characters. What's the range on there? I Milla's... Is it four spaces? Uh, what, what skill are you looking at? Her, her uh, breath skill or nurturing? I can't remember. All I know uh, is I'm going to cut nurturing this out breath. of the episode. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just roll with it. So nurturing <laughs> breath, um, aside from buffing her defense by three and having adaptive damage from a breath, it grants um, a spectrum plus two buff to allies uh, within seven rows and seven columns centered on her, which is essentially the entire map in Aether Raids, so that's it's, good. It's not quite. It actually, if you think about it, centered around her. It depends on where she's positioned. It can be almost yeah. the whole map, but if it she's, it, it's <laughs> still like three spaces away diagonally, even if she's in the top right corner, which is still you know, a quarter of the map, so that's still a very good um, effect to have. Miller's turn wheel is neat in Aether Raids just because uh, if it is light season, you have an... Ex uh, extended turn limit, so it'll increase to uh, it'll increase by one for every turn wheel you have, 
And someone was talking about this. It, I mean, technically, if you had a team of five Millas, it stacks. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, uh, I think that might be a reference to how in Echoes, um, once at a certain point, Alm and Celica's paths reconnect uh, and you combine their turn wheels, the total number of uses you have, all the cogs, they actually add up for the last map. So uh, that's, that's neat. That is neat. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Mill is cool. She also has, um, aside from just all that, she has some very good... Um, also, I should mention, Mill's turn wheel inflicts isolation on foes in cardinal directions with um, less defense than her. That is, any of those teams you've seen with the, the dancers that try to... Well, I mean, whenever you dance, you're taking off the debuffs as well as increasing the range of your unit. So mm-hmm. if all they have is one dancer... And they have lower defense than Mila, which most of them do. Because you're not going to have very many bulky dancers. Yeah. They're up a creek and you're a happy camper. <laughs> yep. You can kind of just disable um, teams built around uh, dancer shenanigans just with this. I really like that. I really, I, I really hate isolation as an effect because it's almost exclusively applied to me and not from me. Uh <laughs> But that's kind of my fault, so. Well, here's your chance to use all of your luck and put it into colorless to get Milla. That's right. I get to use my luck and see if I can get some good colorless heroes on this banner. We've talked about most of the banner. I want to talk just a second oh, about also, the upcoming um, banner in September. Because yes, it's you do, stacked. I, I, I want to mention real fast. Milla also comes with Rally Defense Res Plus and Bracing Stance 3. Um, we didn't talk about her fodder, but it's very good. She has good fodder. Like, basically every inheritable skill she has, you would want to inherit to someone else. Let me tell you why I didn't talk about her fodder. Don't fodder Mila. Yeah. Gaia, I'm talking to you. Don't fodder Mila. Yeah, we know Mila. you're listening to this, and we're going to tell you right now, don't, don't do it. Okay, so, back to, uh, September. The new Mythic Hero, hero will be out. Um, Red has Leaf... Selif, Green has Yoon and Celica. Colorless has Duma and <laughs> Leaf without the accent mark. And Blue has the best legendary hero, um, at least in my brain, <laughs> uh, Ephraim. And as we all know, I'm dead wrong in that. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has Lucina, uh, legendary Lucina. So that is Blue. So yes, Blue is kind of disappointing. <laughs> All right, guys, if I'm if I'm spending my orbs, it'll probably be on this one as opposed to the banner that we have right now. Colorless on this current August banner is hard to argue with, but let's talk about some possibilities for the September banner. Now, the way they've been doing these, they've been stacking the most recent heroes with the newest one. And if you look at this map, at this uh, stack up here, Selif is the most recent hero. The second most recent hero is Leaf. Probably we're going to get a red unit here if they follow the same pattern, which I ask if you try to follow patterns, they'll make a fool out of you. I should know. But my prediction is it will most likely be red. We have been missing our Astra hero, our third one, and I think it's coming here. As far as what kind it is, I really want to see them break the mold. I, I don't want to see them do infantry or flying. I want to see an armor 
or a cavalry. Yes, I said armor. <laughs> yeah, Joel hates armors, which is hilarious because I think they're funny. <laughs> yeah, so I really, I'm not feeling the cavalry red Astro Hero, I'll be honest. I, I have no idea who on earth they would even select for that. But I could definitely see us getting an armored one. I would be down for that. I, I just, at this point, I want to see something different. Yeah, something unique. We haven't had a good unique um, mythic hero and uh, movement-wise in a while. All right. With that being said, let's close this out here. Uh, things upcoming. We have Tudor Legends 2 Refines, which I'm really excited about that. I am so excited to see what, they, what we get here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frontline Phalanx, also called Hungry Hungry Hippos Mode. Yes, which I'm excited because I have been dying to have some actual RNG in my Fire Emblem game. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, never knowing who you're going to run into on a map uh, when you enter it is kind of exciting. There's a bit of, there's some good randomness there, but come on, it's, it's Fire Emblem. How are you going to give us a Fire Emblem game and then not have some good RNG elements in it? I think it'll be fun. If nothing else, it'll give us more resources, and I'm all about more resources. Alright. We were talking about the outro here. And I think Ellie Allader needs to do the outro and show me how it's done, because <laughs> I mean, he is so good at this. You are you are absolutely setting me up to fail here. I hope you know that. I'm trying. <laughs> this is this is what you guys do every episode. You just try and find a way to just make my life difficult. But we'll see how it goes. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and wind the episode down. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do that through our subreddit of r slash Phaeology. You can also email the show directly at phaeology at gmail.com. You can join the research and development Discord server with us. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It should be right at the very end, unless I've horribly messed it up. Uh, we have great discussion, lots of fun joking around, mostly making fun of me. Uh, yeah, uh, remember you can send the show your voice messages at anchor.fm slash biology slash message. And if you'd like to support the show, uh, you can do so through anchor at anchor.fm slash biology for as little as a single dollar a month. <laughs> Hope you all have a wonderful day and schedule another appointment with your biologists real soon. Take care. Uh-huh.